A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome back to another episode of the Pro-Hitter Podcast. This is the opening day edition of the Pro-Hitter Podcast. April 1st today, baseball starting, opening day. It's a wonderful day for non-fantasy fans as well. This is just a milestone for a bunch of people today. We didn't get a, a normal opening day last year, obviously, so this just makes it even more special. But for fantasy purposes, this is what we've been waiting for to the start of the season to see if our off-season prep work and predictions will come to fruition. So thanks for hanging out with me during the preseason and building up to this point, listening to the podcast and getting, obviously, you know, great feedback from everyone. So truly appreciate you guys listening. Today is going to be a solo pod where I'm just going to talk about a couple of the things where you could expect this year during the season from the podcast. Um, so for for the weekly podcast, I'm looking to do a Monday podcast that recaps the fab of the night before for the main event, the online championships and TGFBI. So what I would do is just go through and highlight some of the biggest pickups of the week in terms of the guys who were most picked up in the most leagues, um, guys who were picked up uh, for the most money, as well as some of, um, I'm going to highlight some bids where it was pretty close between the average winning bid and the average runner-up bid. So if you're unfamiliar with the NFBC website, you can head over to the player movement tab under stats and it will show you how many times a guy was picked up that week also with a te- with an option to hit the teams and you'll be able to see a drop down of every single winning bid and every single runner up bid for that player for that week in each specific format so you can go to main event TGFBI, online championships, 50s, and um, qualifiers, and so on. So I think it's really cool to sometimes just get a look at to see who was bid on, but also the runner-up bid for them to see if it was just a tight race for some of the guys or not. So obviously it all depends on the league and the ownership percentage of those players. But it's cool to just take a look at you know, what the trends are in FAB, um, especially in terms of relief pitchers, two-start pitchers, catchers, and so on. We're just going to highlight some of the ones that pop off each week. And also, we're just going to do a quick preview of the drops as well. 
Sometimes if it, there's some noticeable drops, we'll take a look at that as well just to uh, see maybe if there was someone of interest that you can take a hold on next week in your fab pickups or to just put on your watch list in the future. So um, that's what I'm going to aim to do Mondays. And then during the week, I will be bringing on some guests from random leagues that I play in, either from Draft Champions, Main Event, TGFBI, League Mates, or um, the Turf League that we established here on the East Coast to rival the Barf and Nerf Leagues in the industry. So I'll be just bringing on guests from those leagues and as well as all other leagues just to talk about how they're doing in their with their respective teams, things that have hit so far, things that have not hit so far, what they're looking to do to strengthen their team going forward. So trying to get some industry brains to come on and talk about their in-season tactics as well as, you know, what we brought to the table with the preseason approach. So I'm going to try to do some of that, you know, definitely once a week. I'm going to try to do more if I can. And... I'm going to try to sprinkle in some quick 5 to 10 minute stat cast highlights, maybe daily, maybe every other day, or just days I see fit that things that pop out from the stat cast box scores. I'm just going to try to do a quick morning pod, you know, just to maybe touch on highest max exit velocities of the day, um, you know barrels, expected batting average, or um, expected wobas from certain hits that, or not hits, just to try to maybe point out some outliers of guys who are maybe hitting the ball hard but not getting results, or maybe getting results and not hitting a ball hard, as well as some pitcher breakdowns. We'll look at, um, you know, the pitcher breakdown in StatCast to see what their CSW was, if they are throwing pitchers um, either less or more from the previous seasons, velocity upticks, movement upticks or downticks, we'll be looking at a couple of things like that. Like I said, just things that really pop out to me. I'm going to try to um, do it as much as I can during the during the year. Um, again, it might not be an everyday thing, but... Um, or maybe if I gather some data from two, you know, from two days consecutively, might just be one day where I go through it. Um, so that's gonna be like up in the air, but, um, expect to be getting out some episodes like that and, you know, just give me some feedback. If you guys think it's something that's cool or not, just, uh, let me know if it's helping out or not. Um, and then, yeah, so that's. Basically, what we're looking to do this season on the Pull Hitter Podcast. Uh, obviously, if other things come up, we're definitely going to get involved with um, whatever we can. Whatever that I think might pop up and might be of interest to you guys. Or if you guys have any particular things you think you will benefit from in season, n- never hesitate to hit me up on Twitter, on DM, or just throw a tweet out there. Maybe with a suggestion of what you might want to hear during the season. Um... But yeah, so with that behind us, I'm just going to do a quick breakdown of the main event fab that was this Sunday um, on the on March 28th, Sunday. 
So not all of the main event leagues were drafted as of that point. There was 22 leagues that were eligible to do fab. Um, Jay Bruce was the most picked up player in 11 leagues. Logan Allen was next up at 9 leagues. And Albert Azalea in 7 leagues. David Bodie, 7 leagues. Dalton Jeffries, 6 leagues. Taylor Trammell, 6 leagues. Casey Mize, 5. Matt Bush, 5. Um, Jose Trevino, 5. Um, so those were the most owned players. I'm going to try to keep it to, you know, maybe like 5 to 10 of the most picked up players each week. And then I'm going to highlight some of the max bids as well. Um, so Jay Bruce, again, was picked up in 11 leagues. His highest max bid, winning bid, was 109. And his lowest winning bid was 8. And then if we take a look at his winning bid average and his runner-up bid average, his winning bid average was $47 and the runner-up bid average was $22. So pretty tight, pretty tight window there of some bids from Jay Bruce. Obviously, the there was one league where he was bid on for 109 and the runner-up was eight. Um, so if you take that out, actually, the bidding for Jay Bruce was a lot closer than what we've seen. Logan Allen, who was picked up in nine leagues, his highest winning bid was 152. Um, and his average winning bid was $43. And his average runner up bid was $17. We move over to Albert Adbert Alzoy, who was picked up in seven leagues. His highest winning bid was $95. His highest runner up bid was $52 in that same league. So. Um, he had an average winning bid of 39 bucks and his average backup bid of 16 bucks. Um, so obviously, um, you know, with Jay Bruce, he, he's going to be taking over for Luke Voigt as he nurses his, his knee injury and his knee procedure. Logan Allen ended up winning, um, a rotation spot over Paul Contrell, uh, Cal Quantrill, not Paul Contrell. He doesn't play in the league anymore. Um, so owners were quick to get up on Logan Allen and going for that Cleveland Indian can't do no wrong pitching machine. Um, and Albert Alzale won a rotation job as well over Alec Mills. So he was a pickup. I'm going to highlight Dalton Jeffries, who was picked up in six leagues. Um, obviously, there's no, still no confirmed as of 10 o'clock. On opening day, there's still no confirmed um, word on whether he's going to be the starter over A.J. Puck or Cole Irvin. But um, bidders were definitely trying to make sure they got the leg up on him in case he is the guy. He His highest winning bid was $265. And his average winning bid across the six leagues he was winning was um, almost $90, and his backup runner-up bid, his average running-up bid was $34. Um, again, we don't know if he's going to be the starter, and $265, I think, is a lot of money to be spending on. It's probably like, I don't know, what you would hope would be like a, a, a maybe a top 15, like a round 15 pick. Um, I don't know. It's a lot, but... Obviously, he's shown the skills, um, so, and spring training, so, um, it's a heavy investment, but 
see if it works out. Next guy I'm going to bring up is Jazz Chisholm. He was awarded the starting base job from Isan Diaz. I kind of was projecting that for Jazz, and although his batting average might be a little weak and his high strikeout rate, he does bring some pop and speed to the table. Um, got him on some some DC teams early in the year, you know, really late uh, before he started gaining some helium. But he was picked up in three leagues, and his highest winning bid was 193, and his average winning bid was 174. So he had an average, um, his winning bids were 193, 189, and 139. So people went to bat for good old Chaz. Um, but on top of that, the, ru- the runner-up bids were pretty high as well. 163, 188, and 88 for an average of 146 of runner-up bids. The highest runner-up bids for Jazz Chisholm, including one league where it was 189 to 188. Uh, I can't imagine being at 188 if you really wanted them. So, obviously, we're going to keep an eye on Jazz throughout the year. Um, he could be electric. could be dragging your team out in batting average. But in a speed star speed league, he could be effective. Um, next, we're going to move on to Ian Kennedy. He was one in two leagues. Um, but he had a pretty high bid winning bid of 211 and 189 in the two leagues so an average of 200 bucks to the winning bid and his running up bids were 81 and 133 so uh, people were going to bat for ian kennedy's services in hopes of winning the relief pitching job at texas his adversary mr matt bush was also picked up in several leagues he was picked up in five main event leagues with an average winning bid of $36 and an average runner-up bid of $20. So a lot of tight, a lot of tight um, races there for Matt Bush. His highest winning bid was $67. Um, again, a lot of close bids there for Bush, 55 to 44, 12 to 10. So remains to be seen whether him or Ian Kennedy gets the job. So um, that's. Something we're going to keep an eye on, obviously, as the season unfolds. Um, We'll stay with Texas. Mr. Jose Trevino was picked up in five leagues. It's nothing exciting here. Um, Just to note, you know, some catcher movement um, for guys guys and gals who don't maybe invest a lot in catching. We're just going to keep an eye on that and the movement of catchers throughout the year. Nothing crazy there. His highest winning bid was $25. Um... But three of his winning bids did not produce a runner-up bid at all. So that's interesting to note. Um, let's move on to Taylor Trammell. He was one in six leagues, six main event leagues. Highest of $72. Highest winning bid. His average winning bid was 52 bucks, And his average runner-up bid was 23 bucks. So a lot of close bidding there. 72 55 50-30, 50 33-21. He... Obviously made the team for Seattle. Uh, I think they're going to move players around a lot there. So who's to see if he's going to um, produce as much value as people are banking on for the year. Um, Casey Mize is another guy I wanted to highlight. He was one in five main event leagues. And his highest winning bid was 222 And the runner-up for that league was 2 bucks. So... Uh, you know, 
220 bucks too high there for Casey Mize in that league. Uh, his average winning bid in the five leagues he was picked up was 58 bucks, and his average runner-up bid was six bucks. So, um, yeah, so that Casey Mize. Um, some other guys of note: David Bodie was picked up in seven leagues. Rafael Dolis was picked up in five leagues to hedge maybe against Romano not being the guy. Um, yeah, so those were the ones that I thought were noted the most um, in terms of the amount. Uh, as well, French Cordero got picked up in one league for $182. He was another one of the highest-priced pickups of the week. And for drops, Alec Mills was dropped in 11 leagues. Cal Quancho, 8. Eloy Jimenez, obviously him of the... Re- ridiculous attempt to catch a spring training ball that was 10 feet over the uh, I'm like, I, I stop it stop it Rob don't get all worked up because <laughs> I actually only have one share of him in a in a in a um a three sport league um but I'm just mad at him in general for being a not smart human on that play Anyway, Scott Kingery, seven drops Nick Anderson seven Michael Lorenzen who's starting the year off injured seven Drops, Kirby Yates, 6, Nico Horner, 6, Matt Moore, 6. Matt Moore is interesting because I know a lot of guys were kind of, you know, um, speculating on him coming back. He looked pretty good in spring, has some different type of movement and spin on some of his pitches, and people were taking a shot in the dark with him and dropped before he was even having a chance to make any start is pretty interesting. Um, Spencer Turnbull dropped in six leagues because of starting the year on COVID and probably won't really be able to use him until about week three or four of the season. Harrison Bader dropped in five leagues. Josh Lindblom dropped in five leagues because of the losing their starting gig out to Freddie Peralta, even though it was known that Josh Lindblom will still get a, a bunch of starts during the season as they need him. David Bedner. Another interesting drop in five leagues because he was kind of like a guy that people were taking a shot at projecting for saves in the Pittsburgh bullpen because Rich Rodriguez, I don't think is going to be the closer. I have a couple of Kyle Crick shares, but seeing a guy drop before it actually comes into fruition is a little strange, but obviously they probably had some other team need that they needed to fill, so... Um, you know, you can't hold on to a protective closer if you need an outfielder for, you know, the week or for three days. Definitely helps to try to look at your lineup and see if you can maximize playing time for the, you know, the season starts Thursday. You, so on the NFBC, you can set your lineup for Thursday for pitching and then for batting, you could set it for Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so... Definitely try to maximize it if you can. And yeah, so those were the biggest drops in the main event. So that will conclude the main event um, free agent recap. Um, The online championships is going to, I'm going to start looking at that next week. Um, I did an online championship draft last night, so um, I wasn't really tuned into the fab for the online championships this week because I wasn't really concerned with it until I did my draft. So next week, I'm going to take a dive into that a little bit. Um, I'm going to take a quick look at TGFBI leagues. Um, There's 29 TGFBI leagues. Jonathan India led the pickups with 25. Ian Kennedy, 21. Randy Dobnak, 21. 
Logan Webb, 20. Jose Alvarado, 17. Taylor Trammell, 16. Carlos Rodon, 15. Michael Franco, 15. Dalton Jeffries, 15. Jay Bruce, 14. Jazz Chisholm, 13. Logan Allen, 12. Tanner Scott, 11. Cedric Mullins, Kevin Newman, David Bodie, 10. Huh. So where do we start here? Okay. So it picked up well, the most picked up guy, Jonathan India, in 25 leagues. His average winning bid was $58. His average runner-up bid was $30. So a lot of tight re- races there for Jonathan India services. His highest bid was um, two, uh, 207 And another interesting thing, he had two leagues where he was picked up for one, one at 102 And his backup bid, the runner-up uh, bid was 51 In two separate leagues, it was 102-51. Kind of interesting. But a lot of close bidding here for India. 87-70, to 76-62, 70, 75-68, 69-61, 55-52. So, very interesting, including a tie. There was a 50-50 to 50 bid on India. So, a lot of people bidding for his services. He looked pretty good in spring training. I picked him up in one of the last rounds of my first main event. Um, so, hoping to, you know, obviously he's, he's, he's slated as third base on the NFBC and he'll gain second base eligibility rather quick. So, he'll have that second, third, middle corner, which is very nice. Moving on to Ian Kennedy, picked up in 21 leagues. His highest bid of 182 in that league. The runner-up bid was $1. Oh, man, that's one of the worst things to see. If you really want somebody and you bid $181 over the next, there's got to be a better way. To do fab, I think it should be a live fab. Obviously not for NFBC as too much, but um, maybe one day the future might hold that for us so we don't have to... Spend all this wasted money in fab. But Ian Kennedy's $60 average on his 21 winning bids. His backup average backup bid was $25. Um, some close races here for Ian Kennedy too as well. Um, 68, 63, 41, 35, 36, 31. So a lot of close league for and Kennedy, Randy Dobnak picked up in 21 leagues. This is an interesting pickup here. For $164 was the highest winning bid for Randy Dobnak for a guy who's right now going to be the long reliever, um, but probably going to be picking up Shoemaker and a lot of his starts and obviously gaining some starts across the year, um, without a doubt. Coming off a brand new contract, good for him. Came into the league as an Uber driver and now pretty much set for life. My hat tip to you, Mr. Randy Dobnak. God bless. Um, but yeah, he had an average winning bid of $29 across his 21 leagues that he was one in. And his backup average backup bid was 6 bucks. Moving on to Mr. Logan Webb. Logan Webb picked up in 20 leagues. 20 TGFBI leagues. His highest bid was 86 Average winning bid was $39. Average backup bid, $13. Um, I have a ton of Logan Webb. I will get to that in my player shares coming up after this is done. So, um, he looked great in the spring. I think he did a lot of pitch mix um, stuff last year that kind of hold the bare fruit this year. And, um, yeah, uh, keep the ball on the ground, which is wonderful. Really in on Logan Webb this year. 
Oh, so that's Logan Webb for the week in TGFBI. And then um, let's touch on Jose Alvarado, won in 17 leagues for an average of 33 bucks. His average backup bid was 14 bucks. His highest bid of the week was 79. Um, this was, um, you know, interesting because Girardi just announced that Hector Norris was going to be the, the main guy in the bullpen. I kind of projected that all season long. Um, he had one of the. Norris had one of the highest Babbitt bumps last year. Of I think the highest Babbitt jump of any pitcher in the league. Um, it's still going to be a situation where Alvarado will probably get some saves. But this was interesting. This was uh, pretty oh, a lot of pickups banking on Alvarado possibly getting some saves this year. So um, we'll look at Carlos Rodon too. Pick. Picked up in 15 leagues um, for an average bid of 42 bucks and an average backup of six bucks. His highest winning bid was 133 and then 115. So Carlos Rodon having a great spring. We obviously remember what he did a couple years ago and his prospect pedigree, maybe with Ethan Katz on the White Sox, do some White Sox pitcher magic. And he will return to fantasy relevancy. Um, again, I'm going to highlight now a couple of um, other pickups of the week. Tanner Scott, which was the highest bid of the week at $400. $400 winning bid. The Mr. Tanner Scott, his backup in that league was 104 Another 252 on Tanner Scott, winning bid of 252 um, as well as 121, 100, and 100. So his average winning bid across the 11 leagues he was one in was 120, and his average runner-up bid was 57. Um, so a lot of people fighting for Tanner Scott services. Obviously, you know, people want to secure those saves as early as they can. So, um We'll have to see if he is indeed the guy. You know, that's going to be the thing. Um, and obviously, the Orioles aren't a team that wins a lot of games. So, we'll have to keep an eye on that Tanner Scott situation there in Baltimore. Uh, another guy I wanted to highlight was Josh Rojas. His highest winning bid of the week was 301. He was bid, He was won in four leagues. His average winning bid was 184. So, it was 301, 212, 150, and 75. And his average backup bid was 60 bucks. So a lot of people in on Josh Rojas as he looks great this spring. Uh, another closer here, Emilio Pagan, won in five leagues with a high bid of 261. Um, in those five leagues, he only had one league under 100 bucks that he was won in. Average winning bid was 144. Average backup bid was 90. So a lot of people were in on picking up Pagan. For the week, uh, for the season, a lot of closely contested bids in that league, and for Emilio Pagan as well, 101 to 96, 78 to 73, 136 to 130. Very interesting, and we'll highlight Jazz Chisholm again in TGFBI. He was bid on and won on in 13 leagues. His highest bid was 150. Average winning bid was 70. Average backup bid was 36 bucks. 
Um, so again, a lot of people in on the jazz chis home terrain. Um, we're not going to concentrate on the drops this week in TGFBI. We'll look at that next week. Um, so yeah, those. That is the fab recap. And I think that there's something, you know, I'm just going to run through. This is something I'm going to do for my own personal pleasure every week just to kind of see the the trends of fab, see if I could pick up any trends at all. Obviously, you know, every league is different. Of course, the standings are different. Team needs are different. So you're going to get bids that really won't match any type of consistency or trend that you see. Um, that should be noted, of course, but um, just at least with trying to um, catch anything I can and just trying to be more in tuned in with who's picking up who and who's dropping who, especially in my league. So if I could take a snapshot and give you guys some information about it, maybe it could be helpful for you guys or not. So with that being said, we are going to move into a quick player share segment. Well, I'm just going to go over some of my highest player shares of the of the season. Um, so all right. Just gonna give it to you straight here. Um, these these share percentages are are, are all included with um, two best ball leagues, two cut line leagues, um, two fifty leagues, one online championship, f- six draft champions, two main events, one auction. And yeah, that's oh, and a tag team league and the tag team satellite league that I am involved with. Jenny Butler, my teammate. Um, one of the draft champions league is the Battle of the Podcast League, which is not part of the overall. It's a separate league. Um, so yeah, so the player shares here are kind of you know they're all. For all leagues, across all leagues, um, I will note a couple of the ones where maybe it's just a main event or whatnot. So, um, my highest shared player was Yuli Guriel, 13 shares, uh, 68% of my leagues, as well as Brian Reynolds, same thing, 13 shares, 68% of the leagues. I think this kind of described not to... I really like Yuli Uriel, obviously. I wouldn't draft a guy if I wasn't into his skill set, but I think this also shows my navigation of first baseman through most of the draft in the offseason. Um, I didn't get a Freddie Freeman share at all. Um, so this kind of shows like the route I was taking to first base. Um, to stay on first base real quick, um, my next two higher shares of first baseman was uh, Carl Santana, Six shares, 31%, and Joey Votto, six shares, 31%. So most leagues, I was waiting on first baseman as long as I can. I had some Yuli Gurriel, obviously, and I tried to pad it up quickly with some reinforcement in Santana and Votto in most leagues where um, just to strengthen the backup position and get a decent corner as well. Um, and again, a lot of these are... are, are are infused with draft champions, um, so it's the leagues where I was trying to roster high volume guys, guys that think it would stay in the lineups throughout the whole year, um, and provide good skills. Of course, uh, Paul Goldschmidt had three shares of fifteen percent, so that was like um, 
really indicative of my route in first baseman is the shares in Guriel, Votto, Santana. Brian Reynolds is just a guy I really was liking this year. You know, um, I think his his average took a big plunge last year, but I think that will come back. And I think it's going to be a sneaky good pirate offense. I'm not going to blow the world away, but, um, you know, um, I think they have a lot of fantasy relevant guys there that can provide some sneaky value and Brian Reynolds I think was one of them especially for where I was drafting him in the 300s who's normally like my fourth fifth or maybe bench at first bench outfielder Wilson Contreras is my next highest owned guy at 11 shares 57 58 percent of my leagues um yeah I was really in on trying to secure good catchers this year um I would say that in most of my leagues I tried to get two in that 130 to 150 range um, of of ADP with the Wilson Contreras, Christian uh, Vasquez types. Um, JT Romuto I have in five leagues, 26% of my leagues. And Victor Caratini, four shares, 21%. And Christian Vasquez, three shares of 15%. Um, again, a lot of... Um, I tried to diversify there, except for Contreras, but um, I really love the volume that he provides in the number two hole in Chicago. Uh, he rarely comes out of the lineup. He goes over to first base every now and then. DH is when they go to DH parks. Uh, again, like in draft champions leagues, uh, he was just one of my targets every time. Um, Brent Suter, <laughs> next guy, next highest owned share guy, 10 shares, 52% of my leagues. I love Brent Suter, love the skills, love his ability to, um, yeah, just, just have great ratios. Um, and I, I just think he was one of the guys I was targeting in terms of being able to bridge from starter to reliever as well as getting some spot starts. Um, I felt like he's a guy, if I had some weak starts during the week, I could plug him into lineups to get me three, four innings, possibly, maybe even a win. Um, so, really love Brent Suda this year for that reason. Again, a lot of those picks were past 580p, so um, not spending a lot there on Brent Suter during the draft season. Next highest guy is Lucas Gilito and Marcus Simeon and Logan Webb, all at nine shares, 47%. I think you guys know my love for Lucas Gilito by now. I took him in main events and um, pretty much most of my bigger leagues and across any draft champions league, I was able to get my hands on Gilito. Again, um, my good friend Phil Dusso, you know, was really hammered home the diversification to me this year and even being so in on a guy I was you know trying not to get every single share possible because um you know you just want to leave that that ability in case he gets hurt or not as good as I thought he was going to be that you're not going to you know hurt all your team Marcus Hemian was a guy that um you know in the beginning of the season was getting him in the 140 150 ADP but even as he was climbing up he signed with the Blue Jays. He gained, he gained some helium in the ADP, but I was still on him. He's going to gain another position very shortly. He'll have shortstop, second base, hitting atop uh, a wonderful Blue Jay lineup. Logan Webb is, again, I think I mentioned him a couple minutes ago. 
just a guy really targeted in the 580p in, in draft champions leagues as a guy I thought who would just be able to pound out some innings this year and take a market step up in his skills um so and so far spring training has been confirming that for me so I hope we could keep it into the season Cattell Marte um eight shares 42 percent uh I love what you know. I I love what I see from Marte. Even last year, surface skill um, numbers were down, but still hit the ball a ton hard. I think the wrist injury really took hold of him this year in spring training. He um, his his lefty Max exit Max EV batting lefty was really really um, awesome to see that he was gaining some power swing in the bat lefty again, which was missing from his repertoire last year. I think he is on the road to being, um, a, a definite 25, 10, 280 type player with the ability to get back up to 30 homers. I think that people are kind of, um, you know, questioning that. And, um, I don't think it's a lock, but the range of outcomes, right? We're always looking at range of outcomes, and and I think that's in it for him for sure. Um, some other guys I'm going to mention here that I've had eight shares of, 42% of my leagues, Ryan Yarbrough, Trevor Rogers, Gene Segura, Mike Miner. Um, you know, Ryan Yarbrough is just really taking his step up in his skill set, his in-zone contact, his swinging strike across multiple pitches. Just a great... A great quiet skill set going past 200 all season. I was all over it. Um, yeah, I just think he thinks it brings a good balance to my teams where that maybe was strikeout upside up top. And I just think he's like a Kyle Hendricks light going really late in the draft. Trevor Rogers was a guy that I've been on. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be the guy that said, oh, I've been, you know, I was the first guy in on Trevor Rogers. I'm sure there was plenty of people on Trevor Rogers, but um, I really liked him last year toward the end of the year. And in an October 31st podcast on Draft Champion podcast with Zach Waxman, um, he had asked me who I thought would be this year's Corbin Burns. And I had proclaimed that one of them would be Trevor Rogers. So um, he was a guy that I got heavy, heavy shares of when he was when you know he was throwing that 480p range or 580p range and as you you know as the helium blew up i i was you know definitely losing my ability to get him especially in leagues where i was playing with listeners and other analysts who knew i liked them and was getting sniped on him but that's okay um, i still have eight shares and so what i'm hoping is that my draft champions leagues with him in it that i've gotten at 480p 450p that he just brings another level to my team um, that could help boost me into the, you know, getting to the top to the overall again. So um, Gene Hagora is just a multi-eligibility guy. 15-15, 280, I think it should be a lock for him this year. I still love the skill set there. Mike Miner, eight shares, 42%. Just a guy I think is just going to provide you length and, 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 and volume in a league where it might be short of it. Um, so I think it's good to see that his velocity and his movement being back to where um, his seasons where he has his 200 innings prior. Um, he's done it once before. I think he can, you know, I think if you if you need a guy and he's still available in your league that just can get you volume, it's going to be Mike Miner. Um, you say Kikuchi having seven leagues. Josh Donaldson, Nick Castellanos, Robbie Grossman, Jeff McNeil. J.P. Crawford, all in seven leagues. Um, you know, Yusei Kukuchi, I think um, everybody 
it's pretty much onto him this year. Taking that big, big velo jump. Um, seems like he's, you know, making conscious effort to be a better pitcher. And I think the skills are there to be that guy. Again, this is a guy that was I was grabbing kind of late, you know. So it's not a high, high, high investment share. Um, just this is that, you know, your seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth pitcher share where you're just banking on some upside there to propel your team. Nick Castellanos is a steady performer, I think, across um, any league format. Um, Josh Donaldson as well. This is like that was an ADP and a third base corner thing where it was just uh, for his skill level and his possible performance. I was scooping up as much as I could in that. 280p area. Robbie Grossman is a another guy I really liked what he did last year. Um, I know people point to the fact he's never been a full-time player, but he made conscious effort to bring more authority to his swing and more power. Um, I kind of was projecting him to be a top of the lineup order guy when he signed with the Tigers, and um, I still see that happening in spring training, and right now, the lineup, it looks like he's batting leadoff in the first game, so, um, again, for 300, 350, sometimes 480p, when you're landing a guy that might get 500 at-bats, and uh, maybe a 10-10, 15-15, you know, provide some pop, some steal, yeah, I mean, um, uh, Jeff McNeil, the guy, you know, best ball cut line. Um, he was a heavily targeted guy because of the multi multi eligibility um, and the consistent bat to ball skills. JP Crawford, another guy I'm really kind of interested in um, this year. This was like late shares too. Um, just really improved his plate approach, his contact skills. I think he's gonna. I think the power is on the upswing as well. He has no competition for playing time there in Seattle. Um, Maybe he won't lead off as expected, but he still has a chance to get to the top of the lineup um, if there's any underperformance from Dylan Moore or Mitch Hanniger. Um So definitely like J.P. Crawford. Um, let's see, some other guys in the sixth share range was Anthony Santander, Dylan Cease, Jordan Hicks, Kevin Gausman, Steven Matz. Um, Santander just really loving the outfield. Um, really was pointed to some of his... Um, Pitch leaderboard filters on Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard by Steve Weimer. Um, and the more I dug into it, the more I really loved his his profile as a guy who's able to show power, contact skills, and not um, not striking out. And so that was uh, one of the reasons why I pointed to Santander as um, kind of like a third, fourth outfielder in a lot of my leagues. Dylan Cease uh, just... And a lot to like about this guy. Um, the velo has always been there. The skills, the pedigree. Um, he did a lot of work this offseason with the core velocity belt um, to try to help, you know, put his body in the right um, throwing motion to continue uh, repetitive release. Um, and also he put an effort to, you know, to try to get more rise on his four-seamer. Um, it was kind of flat. So... And the spring training performance is you know, very promising. So hopefully he, you know, again, we'll go with the Ethan Cat Chicago White Sox magic that he can, you know, help Cease become the pitcher that everyone thought he wouldn't be. Jordan Hicks is the guy who just throwing darts on because I really believe that he's going to be the closer. Um, they might ease him back, but 
you know, he's been off for two years. He opted out last year. He could have pitched. So obviously with Tommy John, you know, you don't really know. Is it the length that is it the length of time that you come back in that leads to poor, you know, poor control or is it, um, you know, is the injury itself? But, you know, most guys have that 12 months, 18 month time frame. It's been longer for him. So I also think that the other arms in the Cardinals pen or position to go multi innings and he is the perfect candidate to just pitch the ninth and get some saves. So uh, Kevin Gausman, Steven Matz, um, Guys, you know, Galsman obviously was going a lot earlier than Matt's, but um, again, um, Galsman usually when I was probably tapping back into pitching at SP3 or SP4 after going pocket aces early in some drafts, Galsman was the perfect guy to tap back into it. And he's also a, a guy where I didn't go pocket aces, where I made sure I get him to boost up my uh, starting pitching during the season. Um, Matt, I just love the late flyer on Stephen Matt. Um, gave up a, a, a ton of home runs last year that were not barrels and not even really hit hit very hardly exit velocity wise. Um, kind of, you know, always been a guy who performed pretty well with, with this FIP and his, his ex FIP on the Mets. Um, just again, this is a late flyer hoping that I could gain a a, a solid starter at the end of the rotation. Um, again, I'm not looking for him to be a Cy Young Award winner, but we're getting him in the you know ADP 400. You know, you're just looking to you know get some some decent spot starts from him as your team needs it. Um, some other, I'm just gonna make some quick notes of some other. Um, Player shares, uh, so I mentioned Lucas Giolito, my nine shares with my pocket aces strategy in some leagues, or or at least getting a pitcher in the first or uh, first round or second round for sure. Um, I have Trevor Bauer in six leagues, Max Scherzer in five leagues, Garrett Cole in four leagues, Jacob DeGrom in four leagues, and Aaron Nolan three leagues. So again, try to um, diversify there. Don't want to put too you know all the eggs in one basket. So that was the approach with that. Um, again, sometimes it was pocket aces, sometimes it was drafting one guy in the first round, or definitely in the second round if I want a hitter in the first round, so, um, those are some of the spread and diversification I had with, the, with, uh, starters, at least the top starters, um, with closers, I tried to do the same thing, I'm a big speculative closer guy, especially in the early DCs, before things are starting to shake out, I definitely like taking my shots late, uh, that helped me last year doing so. Um, but as the draft season got closer and I got in some leagues where um, the standalone league for tag team and for um, main event and online championship league, um, I just really saw that there was just not a lot of firm closes. Obviously, we all know this. And my brain just kind of made a conscious effort to at least take one um, early on just to try to secure one guy who I thought would be the guy um, and then speculate later on. Um, so that led me to four shares of, of all the Chapman, four of Hayter, three of Liam Hendricks, um, three of Canley Jansen, and three of Trevor Rosenthal. Again, so trying to spread out as much as I could there um, when I decided to go closer pretty early. Um, Let's see what else. Um, a couple of uh, DC 
um, speculative shots that I'm pretty happy about right now. Well, one of them is Taylor Widener. I have him in four leagues. And um, he's a guy, uh, yeah, the, his, his skills kind of popped off the page to me. Um, and obviously a lot of it came in relief fashion. But um, he is a starter, and he got the starting role to start the season. So I'm hoping that um, he's one of those, uh, you know, <laughs> ADP 600 uh, shots that, that work out as much as they can for me, you know, um, yeah, so that and Dom Nunez was, a backup catcher for the Rockies is another guy I got in three, three draft champion league that I'm pretty excited about, um, his bat-to-ball skills is pretty, uh, I think they're pretty, pretty solid, I think he's gonna give Elias Diaz a, a run for his money there with some ample playing time, especially in Colorado, um, some other guys I'll note is Luis Robert. I got in five leagues. I uh, just, you know, I he's that home run pick. I think that he won't be as big as a batting average drag as um, everybody thinks he will be. But I think if you cushion it well with a ton of batting average and not just one batting average save, you can't just take one batting average guy and say, oh, that offset. You know, you need to really build it in if you think he's going to be the guy that drags down your batting average. But I think the that 30-30 ability is there. Um, it's evident, and now that he's gonna move up in the lineup, um, definitely a guy that you should keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much uh, two guys that I that I wish I got more shares of. Um, one guy that I'm particularly high on is Brian Hayes. Um, I got him in three leagues, but I got shut out on him in my two main event leagues and the online championship league. Um, I was just, <laughs> I got beat to it every single time. Um, and again, that's no excuse because I'm not, I'm the one who says, uh, it's not a snipe, you know, after the first round, it, it, it's, you had a chance to take a guy, so you can't really feel like it's a snipe. But, um, so again, with team build and what I was picking at the moment, I always tried to wait one more round for him and it just never happened. So, um, that's on me obviously, but still a guy I love, and still a guy I'm going to root for, you know, I only have him on three leagues, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a guy I wish I had more of, as well as Manny Margot, as well, I only have three shares of him, but I think he's going to be, um, pretty solid performer this year for your fantasy squad, so, um, that's going to wrap up, but just a quick player share, um, for the year, so, it's here. It's um, documented, and I'm willing to. I'm ready to face it at the end of the year if all these guys stink. But um, yeah. So all right. So that was a quick little intro about what to expect this year. Going over some fab recaps and going over my player shares. So um, yeah, that's gonna do it for today, guys. Thank you for hanging out, listening to the podcast. Um, again, be on the lookout for Monday fab recaps for main event leagues, online championships, and TGFBI. And then, um, one podcast at least during the week where I bring on a guest and we talk about, um, how their teams are doing, what, what they did wrong in the draft, um, what they're looking to do in season. And then, um, with each person I bring on do a, a three up and three down segment where we're just looking at players that we're kind of in on going forward or out, out out on at the time being and and again like I mentioned I might try to bring out some some stat cast box scores um in the morning um when 
when I have the time, um, which I will take some highlights from the previous night before in terms of maybe Max EV or uh, CSW or pitch mix change or VLO or anything that pops off. Maybe just get on the mic and give you guys, you know, 10, 15 minutes in the morning of, of, of some some stuff that popped out. Again, it might be every day. It might not be every day. It might be once or twice a week, whatever the time allows for it to be. Um, and yeah, and every anything else that pops up, I think it might be relevant. Um, but definitely looking to bring on um, some guests during the week to talk about maybe you know what their strategies are in free agency. If they're willing to talk about uh, certain players or not, that's fine. But really, just getting again like my my preseason pods focus in on strategies. You know, we heard a lot of interesting. Um, approaches to how to draft a team so I'm sure there's a lot of different things out there in terms of how to fab and how to approach um, filling out your team or how to catch up in a category or you know when to give up on a category or stuff like that Um, I'm sure it'll pop up and it'll be great to get to learn from some some great players out there so um, with that being said guys and girls have a wonderful day enjoy opening day right you know yeah like getting a little emotional but um (laughs) okay excuse me but um but you know this is it this is um what we've been waiting for i think like with you know with everything that's happened over the past year this is something to really embrace and take hold and you know like really treasure and really appreciate um that we get to you know watch a full season of baseball again and um, it's just a, you know, just a simple reminder that it's these little things in life, you know, that really hold so much value to us. So, um, you know, like I always say, don't be a bag of shit, right? You know, like, and embrace life, embrace what you have and really, um, covet it and love it and try and, and treasure it and cherish it and all that fun stuff. Like be optimistic, you know, walk around with a smile be nice to people try to help people as much as you can it's just like you know it's not that hard so anyway i don't know why i went on a little ramble there but just really on my brain you know that it's it's a good day it's a happy day so um i want everyone to enjoy it you know watch baseball i wish everyone super success to share on their fantasy teams um yeah so all right guys smarten up don't be a bag of shit love you guys later